Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Perspective Transformation Radio, enjoying its 10th anniversary, often the number one live airing broadcast on Blog Talk Radio, and reaching a global audience of over 185,000 listeners. During this hour-long interview-style program, you'll meet perspective transformers who come to share their most pivotal, life-changing insights and aha moments, offering you instant access to life, leadership, and God-loving seismic shifts of your own. We encourage you to invite friends to join you here now, or share quotes with attribution, and also to reach out to our sponsor, WomenSpeakers.com, the most popular online connecting place for Christian event planners and Christian women speakers since 2002. I'm your host, Marnie Swedberg, and I encourage you to grab a notepad and get ready to meet today's Perspective Transformers. Welcome, this is Marnie. Excited to have you with us today for Speaker Media Training, How to Dress for Any Platform with our special guest, Lene Bustle. Uh, womenspeakers.com as well as she has her own website lenebustle.com and you can learn more about her over there during this hour we're going to talk about some strategic insights um, about how to dress for any platform you're going to discover the role of your unique body shape why colors count and the secret you'd never guess how to accessorize like a pro feel or feet fashion faux pas and how to, what to do instead, how to look great without breaking the bank, the litmus test for a truly great hairstyle, a few simple rules about your hands, why support matters and how to get some, how to make sure your makeup is working for you, and the key to dressing appropriately for any engagement. Our guest today, Lene Bustle, is a professional image consultant, the owner of LB Fashion Coach, and a speaker at faith-based events and retreats. Located near Cincinnati, Ohio, Lene inspires women, business owners, speakers, educators, and media personalities to create their unique style of beauty. Welcome to you, Lene. Hi, morning. Thank you for having me today. Well, it's great to have you with us, and I'm excited to pick your brain about this. So how long have you personally been doing um, fashion advising and that kind of thing? I started my business, I opened the doors on January, in January of 2012, so seven years. Okay, and were you a speaker before that time, or is that something that came about after that? uh, It came about after that. So I actually went through my training in the fall of um, November, like 2011, and received my training, and then... um, started speaking and working one-on-one with clients. Okay, sure. So they kind of went hand-in-hand for you. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That's awesome. Let's go ahead and start with the role of body shape because this is a big question that comes up a lot. And without us being able to do visuals here today, uh, maybe walk us through what you can about our body shapes and how we should think about that. Well, the first thing that um, women want to think about or I think about when I'm getting ready to speak is I want to dress my body shape as it is now, not like I want it to be or when I lose 10 pounds or whatever. Uh, Um, (laughs) But I I want to dress my body type for the size that I am right now, and I want my clothes to fit 
really nicely and to lay on my body so that, you know, they're, they aren't too tight or they aren't too snug. Um, and, we, and everyone is built a little bit differently. So there are different body, ty- or different body shapes out there. And I teach a really simple system that's called BODX, and it really basically has to do with where women typically gain their weight. So, for example, um, it's the B-O-D-X, so B stands for belly. So I'm someone that's a B body shape. So I typically gain a lot of weight in my tummy area, but I'm kind of straight up and down everywhere else. I don't have a lot of rear end going on. <laughs> and so um, the that's that's one body type. And then there's an O body type, which is someone who can be pretty well endowed on top, and then they kind of get narrower in their waist, and then their legs are usually pretty slim. And then there's a D body type, and they usually struggle with narrow shoulders and a wider hip. They're kind of what a lot of women would think of as like a pear shape. And then there's the X body type, and they're just pretty much balanced all over. So some key things for a B body type and how she dresses is she needs to avoid belts at the waist because that draws attention to her fluffy spot. And she needs to use more of a V neckline to draw the attention upward and outward away from her face. And then for all body types, the best thing they can do is get accessories near their face. And then that draws the eye away from their problem areas. Um, And they always want to minimize those trouble spots for an O body type, one of the best ways to help them is to wear like an umpire style top, which helps give them some flow at the bottom. Um, And also wearing prints and patterns will help minimize their bust area. For a D body type, for example, they have a narrow waist, so they're going to look really great with belts or things that tie at their waist. And they want to add shoulder pads to blouses and jackets to kind of give them a little bit broader shoulders so that they line up with their hips. Um, and the whole idea with body shape is you want to become an X. And an X is one that's well-balanced. They typically gain their weight evenly all over. Um, so the best thing to do is create that image of balance between the shoulders and the hips and straight up and down image. And it's a swimming image. And one other way that that speakers can dress that is very attractive is column dressing. And column dressing is basically putting monochromatic colors either on the outside or the inside to create a column. And for a B body type, they want to put that column in the middle and then put a contrasting color or pattern on the outside so that it draws the eye to the middle of the body. The whole idea is to get people to go past our problem areas or our fluffy spots, as I like to call them, and up towards the face. Mm, wow. You just gave us so much information. If you guys missed that, you can re-listen afterwards. One of the things I want to clarify there, Lene, is when you say B and D online, they sound a lot the same. So can you tell us, okay, the column dressing, it's monochromatic inside or outside for which body type? Okay, the B body type wants to dress with the column color, the solid, like 
navy over navy on the inside of inside. their layering piece. So on the inside of their layering piece, and then the outside can be a a, a contrasting color or pattern. Um, and then the D does it the exact opposite. So so the D is for derriere. Okay. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Okay. Yeah, the column would be on the outside, and then they could put pattern or contrasting color on the inside. And if they're a little bit busty, that also helps them minimize their bust area, and it gives their hips and shoulders alignment because the D usually has more hip area that they are concerned about. They're a little wider in the hips and narrower in the shoulders. Hopefully that makes sense. Yeah, good. Yeah, it's just hard to hear D's and B's and a couple other letters sound just like each other. <laughs> so that's I'm great. so sorry. One of the things I, no, no, that's fine. One of the things I love about podcasts is you can go back and listen again, which is so helpful. A lot of times I do that um, when I'm listening to other podcasts is I just mark a number like it, it comes at five minutes after or whatever, and that's one I want to listen to again. So that's really cool. Um, and it is really important to dress for your body shape. That does make a difference. A color is also a huge factor when you're doing this. So mm-hmm. what, do you, what do you want to tell us about color? Okay. Well, color, you always want to wear colors that are going to flatter you. And you want to get your best colors near your face. So... One thing that I want to stress is you don't want to wear black on stage. A lot of times the a, a platform will have a dark background anyway. And if you wear solid black, then your head kind of looks like it's detached from your body. <laughs> so you, you kind of become like you have a floating head out there when people <laughs> see you. So if you're, we- <laughs> if you're wearing a really... Um, flattering color near your face you can do black but then black needs to kind of become the picture frame on your body because you've got the best colors near your face it just kind of goes into the background and they see that brighter color or softer color depending on your color code Um, there are multiple color codes that I can share with you basically um, the first color code would be a light and that's somebody who has fair complexion, light-colored hair, and a light-colored eye. We, what I teach is six, and they're not seasonal anymore. They're just six different color codes. And then the next one's going to be a deep, which is someone with like a medium to light-colored skin tone, and they usually have dark hair, and they'll have real dark brown eyes, sometimes hazel eyes. There's, and they are not real high contrast or real low contrast. They kind of wear rich colors like burgundy or um, persimmon orange. Um, they look really pretty in turquoise. And lights look really pretty in pastels. And they can wear high contrast colors. They can wear black and white. A soft is going to be someone who has medium skin tone, medium hair color, like medium eye color. So their colors are more muted. They're softer. They don't have a lot of high contrast or um, they're not real dark or real cool or warm 
in their intensity. And then a clear is like your Snow White. She's going to be kind of think of um, a clear as someone like you, Marnie, with kind of real fair skin, a brighter colored eye, and dark hair. You can probably wear black and white or wear brighter colors near your face. Um, You can do some high contrast colors together. And then a warm is going to be someone with red hair. You typically think of a warm as a a red head or a strawberry blonde or someone with dark brown hair and they have red highlights. They really can be any skin tone, any eye color. Um, And they're going to wear fall colors like browns and kind of the caramels and things like that. And then the last one's a cool. And there's somebody who usually their hair is turned silver or sometimes it'll be white. And they look really pretty in kind of crisp, um, chilly colors. You think of Christmas red or denim blues, ocean colors too, like light blues, those those kind of colors. They can also wear black really well too. And um, people that need, oh, I'm sorry, people no, that ahead. need soft coloring, they need to stay away from black. They have to pretty okay. much get it out of their wardrobe. And it, the reason why is because it drains color from your face mm-hmm. and it ages you. So. Um, <laughs> You know, we don't want to look right. older. <laughs> These are fantastic. So why do you feel like um, the four colors didn't work, like the four season colors? What was the weakness of just four? Well, I think it kind of, it lumped people into, it limited them. And then after a while, um I think Color Me Beautiful started that, and then they tried to broaden it and broaden it and broaden it, and then it became very confusing. Too much. With these, <laughs> right, it was too much. And so with these six color categories, you're able to put, I'm able to put a lot of people into them because there's always a lot of softs, always a lot of lights. And when you see that, it's too bad this can't be visual, but when right. you see the colors, that they can wear, and that's, you know, that's what people can learn from me. Um, It really makes a huge difference. It brings brightness to their face and helps them look healthy. It attracts people to them. So wearing those colors really, really helps. And I think the seasonal things, I think, I don't know, I think that's kind of an old way of thinking of it. Mm-hmm. And now people can, you know, there's so many more colors to choose from, I think, too, than yeah, maybe probably. 30, 30 years ago when, you know, Color Me Beautiful first came out and that kind of thing. Sure. I have two questions or comments here. First of all, you uh-huh. went through the six color codes, and we got uh, suggestions for what to wear for everything except soft. Soft was medium skin, medium hair, medium eyes. And what do you recommend the colors for that person? They need to kind of go with muted colors. The best colors for a soft are going to be butter yellow, teal, chocolate brown. Chocolate brown is a really good neutral, also navy blue or charcoal gray. Okay. Um, Yeah, I'm trying to think. And the light, the light, they're going to look really good. They need to be careful with black. And the reason they need to be careful with black is 
the darker the blonde, the more they kind of lean towards a soft. The lighter their blonde blonde hair is, the better they can wear black. So they kind of have to play with it a little bit. So I always advise them to kind of go more towards a charcoal gray, which is kind of a muted black. Mm-hmm. And that looks really pretty on a, someone with lighter hair. And did you say there was another one that shouldn't do black? It was the lights and the softs that shouldn't do black? Lights can wear black. They just need to be careful with it. Softs need to get rid of it altogether in tops. And I stress that they get it out of their wardrobe, period, and replace it with charcoal gray, chocolate Mm -hmm. brown, or navy blue. And chocolate brown looks really stunning on a soft most of the time. Fun. So helpful. One of the things that I remember is the first time somebody um, did a color, color analysis on me, and it was amazing to just watch in the mirror as a different color put up next to my face would make me look alive or sick or completely lost. <laughs> I mean, it was incredible. Right. Because if you have never seen that for yourself, it's hard to imagine that that could be true. Uh, right. But when you actually see it with your own eyes, you realize, oh, goodness, this really does make a difference for how I come mm-hmm. across. Right. Right, and even some women, you know, if they don't want to go and replace everything all at once, if they have a lot of black, I always tell them just find accessories like a scarf or a pretty necklace, something that's going to reflect their best color towards their face. Because it's a big, when you go through this and when you learn it and then you want to start working on your wardrobe, it's a big expense to get rid of clothing that you've invested money in. So if you can find other ways to accessorize to get those best colors near your face, then you can still wear the black or whatever that maybe isn't as attractive on you. Now, red or warms need to stay away from pink. If they have any pink in their um, wardrobe, they really need to get rid of it. Because what it does is it brings out the red, the ruddiness in their skin. Okay. And, Uh you know, you know, it's just too overpowering for them. So let's go ahead and talk about accessorizing because this is a huge, I think what's fun now is that there's so much available, but that also makes it a little confusing. Right. I agree. And there's different ways of accessorizing that really help. And one of the things that I teach is to do it in proportion to your height. So, If you will start with um, a rock star, and I have different things that I call people, but a rock star is somebody who is like between 5'8 and 5'10. And they need to wear large to oversized accessories. And then the next group is going to be a movie star, and they will typically be between 5'4 and 5'7 or 5'8. And so they're going to wear medium to large accessories. And then there's the last group, which is a glamour girl, and they are going to be 5'3 and under. So, for example, with accessories, if you think about someone who is a rock star, if they came into a room and they were wearing little bitty earrings, a small polka dot dress, and carrying a little bitty purse, the first thing you're going to notice about them is everything they're wearing and you miss them. 
Mm. But if if they're wearing what fits their proportions, if they're wearing a larger print, you know, top or dress, and they're carrying a large to oversized handbag, and their accessories are large or chunky on their body, that way everything stays in proportion to their size, and you notice them, and that's why they become a rock star because they're they're tall. And, of course, they want to wear larger things to fit their height. A movie star does the exact same thing. So you have to watch, like, your prints. You kind of have to think about the size of the prints you're putting on your body, whether they're small, medium, or large, and the handbags that you carry, whether they're small, medium, or large. And another tip of the handbag, too, that I always like to share with women is that if you're not somebody who likes to change your handbag real often, Always match it to your hair color because then you look finished from head to foot. The same thing with your shoes. If, you know, black hand, if you have dark hair, black handbag, black shoes, and you always will look complete in how you're dressed. Or brown awesome. hair, brown handbag. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all, go ahead. Yeah, it's no, all that's about good. prints and yeah. stuff. Mm hmm. And so one of the things I'm thinking about, too, is when you're doing media or being recorded on a stage, the size of the earrings or bangles um, can sometimes really affect how that comes across. They, they actually make noise. So what are your right. suggestions for that? I would, for bracelets, I would suggest wearing something that is more of a, not so much a bangle, but more of a cuff. So it's tighter to the wrist, so there's not quite as much movement with it. Um, As far as, like, necklaces go, you know, I know that they can bump a microphone or those kind of things. So wearing them maybe a little bit longer um, so that, you know, they don't rattle and move around quite as, as much or even shorter up closer to your collarbone can be really attractive and it's putting the whole outfit together and thinking about, you know, the size of the pattern, um, the the inner and the outer pieces if you're doing column dressing. Sometimes scarves are easier to wear on stage, especially if you're wearing a lot of solid. They break up those solid colors and you can tie them in such a way that they don't move around as much or you can pin them too, as maybe a necklace, um, earrings. I on stage, I think I would keep it maybe not too blingy, but more of more kind of just soft colors. But maybe for someone with that's a uh, clear, they're going to want something that's kind of bright. But having them be more of a classic style, pearls, that kind of thing, and not a lot of of um, flashiness to them when when they're up there on stage. At what point in accessorizing do you hit the place where now people are seeing your accessories and not you? When you have exceeded 16, and that includes your makeup, 16, yes. (laughs) There's a 16-point accessory rule. 16 is the max. 
And anything less than 12, you don't have enough on. And that also includes your hair, how your hair is styled, your makeup, eyeglasses if you wear them. And you get to, you give yourself, it's a point system that I teach people, and if they go over 16, they need to take something off. If they're right at 16, they're good because it includes their whole outfit and the jewelry and their handbag. And then if they're, they're less than that, if they're less than 12, they probably need to add a ring or a bracelet to or maybe even a necklace to their outfit to complete it. So on the makeup, what, what, counts, what counts as a point on makeup? Just having your whole face completely done. Eyeshadow, cheek color, lip color, foundation. Yeah, the whole thing, the whole thing completely done. And that counts as one accessory. Because your makeup and everything, that completes your look. A lot of ladies tend to forget to put lipstick on or they'll forget to put cheek color on or something like that. Lipstick's the big the big one that people forget about. Hmm. And right now, what do you recommend for lipstick? The bright or the more muted or what's hot now? I would recommend going based on, first going based on their color palette, but I would recommend something that's not too bright, more of a more of a neutral color, but something that still will flatter their, their skin. Um, trying to think for just say like a deep she could go with maybe like a burgundy or and it could be matte or it could be glossy both of those are really popular right now Mm -hmm. um so you know lining her lips filling them in and then putting you know you just don't want it to be overpowering so that they become the audience becomes focused on you know their cheek color their lip color or even having their eye makeup overdone. So they lose, they start focusing in too much on what the speaker looks like and not what the speaker is saying. Right, which is the whole, which is the whole point is that it's not supposed to be distracting. It's supposed to right. be enhancing. So mm-hmm. is there a test like, um, okay, so one time I heard, you know, turn your back to the mirror and then turn around and just look and see what you see. You know, just a quick, instead of standing there looking at it, looking at it, in which case you kind of forget what you're looking at. <laughs> you kind of forget what you're seeing right. when you do this turnaround thing. You have a better opportunity to actually see what you really look like to a person who's just seeing you for the first time. Do you have anything else like that or something that could work better? Mm, I don't know. That's that's a good – I think that's a really good idea to just kind of walk away and then walk back towards the mirror mm-hmm. and, glance, you know, give yourself a good 100% look or glance over of what you've got on. And then I would also say having someone else kind Check of it. give you <laughs> a heads up as to does this look good together. I mean, my daughters are always – they're – in their late teens, early 20s, and they're like, oh, mommy, no. You know, because I I feel like I need to double-check myself before I walk out the door, Um, you know, because I have a set way of doing my eye makeup, and my 17-year-old's like, change it up a little bit. Do this, do that. She's always looking at YouTube videos. Mm -hmm. So, 
you know, I'm constantly learning from them, and then that helps me help my clients when I work with them too because I kind of remember those things and stuff that I've tried. Um, oh, that's awesome. With make- yeah. You know, with makeup, you have to be careful too that you don't try and do too many trendy things too, with to try and bring out you know enhancing certain features in your face. Yeah, and I kind of think it's that way with everything. As, as when people, well, my goal always is that when people see me, they don't see one particular thing. Like they don't immediately see just one piece of me, like my necklace or something like that. But instead that they see me like a person there and it looks okay to look at. (laughs) Right. And that's where I think the height comes in and and accessorizing to fit your height um, or, you know, your whole body in proportion to your whole body and being, being careful that things aren't too small and they're not too big as well when you know when you go to accessorize your outfits and things like that so how about shoes tell us about our feet okay well shoes you want to be careful with because they can be really distracting and i had a friend tell me she's also a speaker that she knew of someone who had been speaking and she heard some chatter with the individuals afterwards and instead of kind of overhearing them talking about her, what her subject matter was, they were talking about her toenail polish color. Hmm. So, and they really liked it. They weren't saying anything negative about the color, but they had been so focused on her feet that they kind of got distracted by her feet. And um, so they really didn't pay attention to what she was saying. So it's very important to make sure that you wear good shoes so you want to invest some money in your shoes and that they're comfortable when you're on stage so your feet aren't hurting and that they're stylish they're they're trend you know on trend uh with what's out in current within i would say a year maybe two of the latest styles and i would recommend always wearing a closed toe shoe when you're on stage it could be a neutral color. It could actually be, um, you know, maybe your signature color that you wear. I know some speakers have signature colors that they wear in their shoes or their handbag. It might be red. It might be turquoise. Um, but you want it to kind of complement or go with what your outfits are, what they look like. So you want it to work with what you're wearing or even match it to your hair color. But you want to make sure they're well taken care of. They're not scuffed up. Uh, They're well-polished if they're leather and that kind of thing. So I think that's really important. You just don't want to, like, you know, fingernails or makeup, you don't want them to be a big distraction to the audience. Yeah, and I just so agree, closed-toed shoes. It's really one of the few rules that I just never break is the closed-toed shoes because sometimes – Sometimes you really want to. Sometimes you're in a situation where it's it's casual enough that you could actually do it, or you have a really cute pair of shoes that have open toes. A lot of cute shoes have open toes. And so it's real tempting on that one. But again, the audience is not at your eye level. You're up above them, and those shoes really show. And they don't right. show very much. If you wear the proper shoe, it's what they're expecting 
expecting. It's what they always see on stage. It's just normal for you to have a normal pair of shoes on. But when you go open toe, it's so unlike what they're used to seeing that the eye just gravitates right there. And so that's why, you know, why it can really be a problem for that. So now we've been talking about possibly updating our wardrobe and our shoes, and that can get really expensive. What are some strategies to help accomplish this look that we're going for without breaking the bank? Okay. Well, I would recommend that a speaker look for one to two, maybe three really good outfits and that they spend time, some time kind of looking online to figure out what they like, what fits their style, personality, um, and then going and shopping for those pieces so that they're easily able to mix and match them, especially if it's a speaker that's traveling. Maybe they're going to be doing a retreat where they're going to be there for several several days. And to be able to have like a mini wardrobe capsule where they have maybe a nice blazer, a nice pair of dress pants, um, a blouse, maybe a skirt. It just depends. And obviously the venues are going to be different. Some will be more casual. Some will be more more professional or that kind of thing. Um, but to have some really good pieces that they can wear over and over again. So that's where the money investment comes in. And I also would recommend hiring a professional. If you're not quite sure how to put all that together, hire someone who can help you put, you know, your two outfits together or three outfits together to make sure that you are getting the best quality clothing and also clothing that will work well together and including all the accessories that would need to go to that. And really, for most speakers, a lot of times you're only going to speak to them once. So they're probably not going to see you again in another venue. So if you just have one or two or three outfits that you use for speaking, you can keep those clothes for just those occasions and they're going to stay, you know, nice and they're not going to get worn out easily. And then you can set a budget for figuring out how much you want to spend and where you want to spend that money, um, you know. And, I mean, there's some venues that you could wear nice jeans, a pretty blouse, um, you know, nice dress heels with those jeans and dark wash jeans look really nice with um, heels or with boots in the, like in the wintertime and that kind of thing. You could find a really nice blazer that you can wear with a lot of different um, bottom pieces, skirts and or, you know, pants or jeans, that kind of thing, whatever is appropriate to the speaking engagement that you're going to. But that's, I would invest for myself and recommend for other people to invest money into the things that you really, that make you feel good when you get ready to go on stage. One of my favorite strategies is to wear something I feel very comfortable in. I would never try to go on stage wearing something that I'm squirming in or not used to or uncomfortable in. It's enough. Uh, you have enough to think about when you're going in front of a camera or in front of an audience to not be thinking about how your clothes are riding or things like that. It's just so important to 
get something you you feel great in. You both think you look good in as well as you feel good in it. You're not always tugging at things. Um, mm-hmm. Huge, <laughs> huge there. I was thinking too. I'm I'm heading out this um, fall uh, to Africa and Asia on a three week trip, and I'll get to take with three bottoms. That's it, three bottoms, and then I take with several tops uh, that can mix and match uh, with those. And that's kind of how I extend that wardrobe out. I also do a lot of shopping at thrift stores. My goodness, they have come so mm-hmm. far in being a, a lot of times the stuff with tags still on them. You can go right to your size and then you can scan right down just for the colors that you're interested in, you know, so you can make it pretty fast. Uh, there's a lot of ways to just um, help help the budget with this. How about hair? This is another place we spend a lot of money on our hair. And you actually, okay, we're going to talk about this a little bit because I thought this was really funny. You actually have a litmus test for a truly great hairstyle. Yeah. Well, the litmus test is actually if you haven't gotten a compliment in like two weeks or a month, you either need to cut it, dye it, or buy some more. <laughs> Cut it, diet or buy smart. So uh, it was really funny because okay, I read I read your notes, you know, back several weeks, and uh, I was like, wow, okay, that's really an interesting standard. I wonder if people comment on my hair that often. I'm like, I can't think of when somebody commented. Well, within a couple of days, somebody said something about my my cute hair, and then within two weeks, it was like almost exactly Lene, two weeks, and somebody else said something about my hair, which I thought was the funniest thing. I thought, woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's in, interesting because I really wasn't thinking that people said anything about my hair too much. But when you brought attention to it, it's like, yeah, people actually do comment about our hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I work part-time for a store near my house um, as well as doing what I, you know, my business and everything. And I had, um, I was checking a lady out and she commented on, my hair and how pretty it was and the color of it and it's kind of a light blonde color um and you know immediately my immediate reaction was well thank you and then she said where do you get it done and i told her and i said most women you know most women love to share that information you could mm-hmm. probably walk up to any woman in the grocery store at the drug store wherever and I've had it happen to me multiple times where they'll say, where did you get your hair highlighted or whatever? Because it's, it's what they're looking for, but they can't ever seem to find that, that perfect right. place to go. Exactly. And so, you know, it's share, I mean, share that information with women. They love it. Um, <laughs> you know, and women struggle with finding a hairstyle that fits their face shape too. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, there's lots of different ways to figure that out. But getting a really good stylist who knows how to look at your face shape and then be able to determine whether you can wear a shorter hairstyle or whether you need to have more hair near your face or you can have it cut back away from your face, whether you need it layered, um, whether you need it thinned out, whether you need a razor cut, you know, just finding that that really good stylist is the key to having hair that you love. Mm, such great advice. And that's how I've actually found hairstylists in the past is I've seen somebody that has hair kind of like mine. 
And it's uh-huh. just done so beautifully. It's like, well, who did that? <laughs> the last stylist I had, I had for over 20 years, and that was how I found her. Um, so what are a couple rules for our hands? Okay. Our hands, you just want to make sure that your hands, you, they're, one thing I would suggest is making sure that you put hand lotion on them so they're soft um, looking and also keeping your nails manicured and polished with like a neutral nail polish that's going to be either a really like a pretty light pink or nowadays you can get some that are just nail polish colors that are flesh toned. So your hands aren't distracting. It's kind of like it goes back to the foot issue with your shoes. You don't want your hands to be distracting. You don't want your nails to be super duper long so, you know, they look, they're just distracting. They look kind of like little daggers or something. But you want to have them short and just well taken care of with a clear or neutral nail polish, nothing too bright or distracting for the audience. You know, I'm I'm someone who uses my hands a lot when I speak, and I know right. other speakers do too. And if you're, you know, flashing bright colors, they're gonna they're gonna notice that color rather than what you're saying again. So, and a French mm-hmm. manicure is always a really good way to go. Yeah, and even if you don't if you don't want to do the professional route with the French manicure, if you just do a a, a clear coat on your clean clean nails, it's it's close mm-hmm. from a distance, you know, it looks great. It's just, it's uh, your hands, your hands. Obviously, the French manicure came from the natural look of our fingernails anyway and then just accentuated that. So it's a beautiful look to just have right. natural nails uh, with some clear polish. That's cool. But make sure they're clean. Hands are clean and not too much, um, you know, bling on the hands and, and wrists again if you use them a lot. Um, you don't want people to be distracted looking at your hands and wrists. Uh, so you want to keep it uh, not too overwhelming what they're seeing there. Let's move on to support. Uh, what does it mean to get support, and how would people get some? Okay. Well, every woman should be wearing a really good bra that gives them good support especially when I think when you're on stage, you want your um, bra or your cami to help hold you in and help help minimize your fluffy areas. Um, and so you want to get fitted like once a year. All women, we all change. We go up and down in size, whether we gain weight or lose weight or have hormonal changes as we get older and that kind of thing. So you want to make sure that your bra is fitting your body well. And the best way to do that is to have someone who knows what they're doing professionally measure you. The other thing, and this one's a little hard to describe, I'll try to describe the best I can for visual, but if you're standing in front of your mirror, like a full-length mirror, and you kind of turn to do a side profile, and if you take your arm and bend it in a 90-degree angle, and if your bust area is, it should sit between your shoulders and the bend in your elbow. And if it's below that, then you need 
you need to lift up your bust area with your shoulder straps. And if your shoulder straps are loose on your shoulders and you're getting kind of gapping in the cup area, then that is a bra that's not fitting you well and it's not supporting you well. But if you can adjust the straps and pull it up, and then when you look at the difference in how your blouse or top is laying over your undergarment, you'll kind of see the difference, and that that really helps you look slimmer from the stage if you're well-supported. Um, the other thing you want to think about, too, is you want to think about owning three bras. You want to have one that is in the wash, or one, I'm sorry, one that you're wearing and one that's in the wash and one that's resting. And by resting, I mean it's, <laughs> it's kind of been given a chance to regain its shape. And those, if you always have three, you can be rotating them so each one is getting the same, you know, pretty much the same amount of wear. And you're, you'll be well supported that way. Camis are really important too if you, and shapers, if you need a little bit of help in your midsection or maybe you need a little bit of help with, you know, in your legs or in your derriere, shapers can really help make dresses and skirts fit a lot better and they don't look as clingy. Um, a full shaper helps with the dress or even a half shaper like a, like a skirt. There's like um, the mini slips that come up like for mid-thigh now that are available are really, really nice. And they're, a lot of them come in breathable materials so you, you don't get hot wearing them anymore. The manufacturers are finally getting smart during that um, for our, those of us who get warm easily. <laughs> um, so those are really important things to have in your wardrobe as well. Fantastic. And we have one more category we want to get to here, which is makeup. So what are some strategies that we can use to make sure that our makeup is working for us? Okay. You want to go with more of a natural appearance. And like I said earlier, you want to kind of watch the the brightness or the depth of cheek color, of lip color, and you definitely want to have a foundation that matches your skin tone. We don't want to go on stage where we look like a ghost, especially if you're being videoed, or even have it be as bad as um, more of a orangey or a pumpkin head kind of look. You don't want to you don't want to have it so mismatched. You want it to look very, very natural where you can't tell where the foundation ends at your jawline and goes to your neck. Um, you want to have colors on your eyes that will match or enhance your eye color. And they're complementary, usually complementary. For example, blues look great with, with browns. Green eyes look great with purple. Um, darker brown eyes look really pretty with a darker brown or darker purple, um, those kind of colors. So it's going to kind of cause the eye to pop and be, you know, just look really attractive. Lip color, I would suggest, again, doing more of a natural lip color 
and using lip liner to fill in and kind of give you maybe a little more depth and some and a light amount of lip gloss. You don't want to have real shiny lips, but just so they look hydrated and moisturized and just your face just looks really pretty. So you look good on video or you look good, you know, people close to the stage or even from a distance. It's just a really pretty look to the people in the audience. One of the things that's so amazing now is if you go to Google and type in the word YouTube and then type in, like, the shape of your eyes, like if they're almond or whatever, Mm -hmm. um, like you don't have much eyelid, you know, um, whatever it is that you're trying to work with, you can really find some fantastic tutorials on Mm -hmm. ideas for your particular uh, face face needs (laughs) um, on YouTube. It's really it's really pretty amazing what's available to us now. Right. And there's ways, too, if you have more of a, like a hooded eye, to put on eyeshadow so it goes further up on the eyebrow and then in the crease to create that crease because a lot of people with more of a hooded eye, their crease disappears because their eyelid goes right into their mm-hmm. eyebrow. So to bring that, to bring those features out, or if they have more of an almond-shaped eye, just you create that with using brushes. Brushes are really important, or even sponge application of foundation. But brushes really help you to be able to blend things and get that smooth, natural look. Eye primer and face primer, I highly recommend both of those. Eye primer because it gives your eyeshadow something to stick to and you don't have to use as much eyeshadow. Eye pri- or face primer helps hide the fine lines and wrinkles. It helps minimize pores. It just kind of gives a smooth texture to your whole face before you apply foundation. So that kind of helps minimize and helps, you know, you look younger too. And then a translucent powder to set your foundation too, so you get kind of a photo finish to your face. Um, it really, those kind of things really help to kind of have in your makeup tool bags before you go to, to speak. Well, one of the things that I've changed this past year after a lifetime of doing eyeliner all around my eyes, uh, I saw a video and she was mentioning that as we age, sometimes that lower eyeliner can really make us look older and I did a lot of testing back and forth (laughs) uh, trying to figure that out for myself it was kind of a close call but really uh, it did to wear a little bit less to not wear the underneath um, underneath the eye really made a difference for me and Mm -hmm. there's things like that that uh, unless somebody points them out to us we don't really know when you work with people do you work with their makeup as well or I have. It depends on what the occasion is that they're getting styled for. One thing I would say about eyeliner is um, there are women out there that only do the bottom half of their eyes, like underneath their bottom lashes, and you shouldn't do that. You should do, if you're going to use it and you don't want to use it all the way around your eye, just do the top lid, but don't do only the bottom because what it does is it closes down the eye when people look at you. Your eyes look like they're more shut than what you want them to look. Um, And I would say, you know, 
if you're going to just being careful with eyeliner that, that you do it in the lash line but not inside the eye just from a cleanliness standpoint that it can cause some infections and things like that. But you don't want to do anything that's going to close down your eye. The other area that a lot of women don't want to fiddle with but is really popular now again and they're learning to do it is their eyebrow area. And as we get older, we tend to lose our our eyebrow hair so it's really important to fill that in. And there's great products out there for the brow. There's gel products, there's pencil, there's um, powder. I use a combination of uh, like a wet um, eyebrow color that I use with an angled brush. And I just fill in my eyebrow area. And it makes a huge difference in what my face looks like. So that's so, one area that really, really can help women to open up the eye because it kind of frames their face when they have their brows done. Yeah, cool. So you have a key to dressing appropriately for any engagement. What is that? Okay. Well, um, I I would suggest that every speaker pay attention to a couple of things. You want to pay attention to your totes and your purse that you carry your supplies in, you want them to look neat and stylish and be clean. I know sometimes we we do a number of events and we kind of forget about making sure that 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 stuff Mm -hmm. looks professional and polished, especially when you're first walking in to meet, you know, if you've not met the event coordinator, you want to come in looking um, organized, you want to come in looking stylish too but you also want your totes and things to kind of go together and to look fashionable as well and then asking the event planner about the venue and the occasion that you'll be speaking for and maybe even asking what the attire should be you know is it casual is it um, more more of a professional you know for example if maybe you're speaking doing a presentation for a bank or for, you know, a hire, like an attorney's office or something like that, like a lunch and learn, you would want to go in dressed more professionally. But then also weekend retreats, um, one-day events, how formal, how informal can you be? And then once you know what the occasion is, dress yourself to be comfortable with the audience that you're going to speak to, but then also take it up a notch so Mm -hmm. that when you walk in the room, they perceive you as the expert that's going to bring them good information that they want to learn from. It it draws their attention to you and gives you a certain presence when you come in the room as well. Yeah, I always love that rule, just take it up just one notch from what everybody else would be wearing, just make sure that you're wearing at least the same level and if you can just up a teeny little bit from that not to one up them but because you actually are the person that's going to be on the platform and Mm -hmm. that's what you're there for is to get looked at and listened to so it is important to take this seriously oh my goodness Lene you just provided us with fantastic content today just super helpful you guys can learn more about her over at her website LeneeBustle.com which is L-Y-N-N-A-E and her last name is B as in boy, U-S-S-T. 
two S's like in Sam, B-U-S-S-E-L-L.com. Lene, when people go to your website, what are they going to find there? Well, they will find a way to contact me. They will also be able to learn about um, the workshops that I do and the um, one-to-one styling appointments. And I also do closet edits for women so I can actually either come into their home and go through everything in their wardrobe and show them what they need to keep, what they need to consign, all that good stuff, and then help them to build um, a wardrobe capsule for spring, summer, fall, winter. can do either one of those. We're going to be turning towards fall, winter here before too long. So that's something that I can help them with. I can also provide them with a virtual um, consultations where I actually meet with them on a Zoom platform and I can see them through video, do color analysis and body type assessment and those kind of things. So I do that for them. They can find me also on Facebook at LB Fashion Coach. If they just do that in the search bar, they'll find me. Or if they use my name, they'll find me there. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. Love you. Love your ministry. I'm so grateful for everything you shared today. Thank you, Lene. You're welcome. Thank you. And thank you guys for being here. I love to have you here with us today. It was such a great time to be together. I hope this was helpful to you. If it was, be sure to visit LeneeBustle.com. And also you can find her over at WomenSpeaks.com under Cincinnati, Ohio. And she would love to come and share with your group. Um, She is, of course, a a fashion and um, color consultant, but she also does other speaking topics as well. So you want to check that out, as well as the other stuff who are available to you at womenspeakers.com. It's so much fun to sit on the back side of that site and match planners with speakers all the time. Would love to serve you if you ever need a speaker over there. And again, this is your host, Marnie Swedberg. So delighted to be with you today. My website is marnie.com, M-A-R-N-I-E.com. And if you are curious about what I speak on or what I do, you can visit us over there. Thanks again for joining us. I hope you have a wonderful rest of the day. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.